0: A piece of me? Do I feel like it? Well, do you, bunk? Good morning, Vietnam!
1: I love the smell of bread in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. the need for speed.
2: Uh, I wish I knew how to quit you.
1: Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! <laughs> you shoot your eye out,
0: kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to episode 275 welcome back to middle earth and welcome to a new episode of the cinnamon movie podcast i am here joined by the cast the crew we are all here i'm juan zach
2: what's up guys
0: craig yo yo guys not only are we on a second episode of december already but we're talking return of the king the first time watch for me and it celebrates its 20th anniversary in just a few days um how's everybody's week been
2: oh can't complain just counting down the days to another weekend
1: yeah uh just kind of finishing up christmas shopping and everything so
0: christmas shopping you know speaking of christmas shopping i went to target this past weekend and it was it was crazy it was almost like everybody was looking for a turbo man doll that's how busy it was packed to the rafters man i couldn't i couldn't believe it i, I haven't been christmas shopping like that in a while and uh man the, the target moms were just slinging their purses around they were just they were trying to get them deals boy
1: yeah so we we ended up going uh at least day of the night with the the in-laws so we we went out and had dinner put the put the tree up and everything like that. So we went to Target. Your boy didn't walk away empty handed. I got my own little <laughs> stuff was on sale. You know, if it's on sale, you gotta get it, right? Isn't that the that's that, the deal? That's, the, that's deal. the deal.
0: Yeah, they have they pulled out a bunch of twenty twenty three movies as well, but they're only they're 1499 and they said on sale. To me 1499 is not on sale.
1: No, no. Remember so. when Black Friday you can get movies for $399 and...
2: Yeah.
0: I almost picked up Sonic too but I think I'll wait a little bit more for that. But yeah, Christmas shopping, we're a few weeks away. I think I saw like 16, 16 days away or something like that. I don't know. And for uh, those yeah, of you that both, like 16
1: days. For those of you
0: that don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays and everything in between. Um, we're just a few uh, episodes away from our big top five plus five holiday movies of of all time. Those, th- that list is going to consist of a bunch of different movies, I'm sure. Those are like those are the movies that you have to grab when it's Christmas time. Like to me, it's not Christmas unless I watch at least those ten movies. So we'll be getting <laughs> into it, um, here in a few days. But today, Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Zach. You picked the girthiest of girth to <laughs> to, to watch today. Um, and we this is our third three-hour movie back to back to back. Yeah. And uh, Oppenheimer, Scarface, and now Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Um, so it, it's insane, but uh, I, I can't w- kind of wait to get into it. So, why uh, why wait? Let's do it. Um, I did not watch the extended Gerstina The Extended, edition. extended, I did not watch the
2: four hour How How long is the, the extended cut, Zach? Um, you said the theatrical is what, three, three hours and 20? 320. It's like literally like 40 minutes longer. It's like it's just barely four hours. I can oh, just, tell you right. I, just, I have just,
0: the... just 40 minutes, he says.
2: Yeah, because there's like 30 minutes of credits, literally. <laughs>
1: well, I thought I could find it quicker than that. But,
0: but let's get into it. You guys can check this movie out on HBO Max. You can also check it out, uh, physical copy, buy it, Blu ray, 4K. Um IMDb has it at a 9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is at 94%. The Metascore is at 94%. And the Google users like it at 85%. With a $94 million budget, this movie grossed a little over $1.1 billion at the box office. Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom... With the One Ring, starring Elijah Wood, Vigo Mortensen, and McKellen, Orlando Bloom, Sean Astin Sean Astin, um, Kate Blanchett is also in there. Uh, Sean Bean, from I guess from the Two Towers, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, directed by Peter Jackson.
1: He loves his three-hour movies.
0: Literally. So, let's get into it. The last three years, this marks our third year talking about a Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, two years ago, Two Towers, and the year before that was Fellowship. Zach, um, this was your pick. Off three uh, movies have been your idea. Um, you're a fan, and Craig, you, you enjoy this, this movie as well. And these kind of, uh, I would say these kind of epics. Um what makes Lord of the Rings, before we get into it, stand out to you guys over Star Wars, Star Trek, just some of the bigger epic trilogies and franchises out there? What's 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 different about Lord of the Rings?
1: Zach, you want to go or?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll just go real quick. I, <clears throat> I just like the story more. I think this is a much, I think this one is just a much more emotionally driven story than Star Wars or whatever. Um, I like the characters of it. I ultimately, I like the also like the filmmaking aspect of it because essentially, at one, at one time, you know, they say these books were would never be able to be adapted into a live action film, and you know, Peter Jackson was able to do it. And but damn, by the time you get to the third one, it's 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 pretty incredible what he was able to accomplish.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, it's going to be the. I mean, compared to like. Star Wars, um, Indiana Jones, some of those other ones. The the score is great in all of them, so you kind of yeah. even you know even that out. The the thing for me is the practicality of all their props, the makeup. Like Zach said, the storytelling, um, the lore for me for Star Wars is a little bit better just because I like that whole thing, but the 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 practicality of this actually possibly taking place, you know, thousands of years ago kind of hits home a little bit different. Um, so I, I, th- I think the way that they were able to shoot on location for these movies, mm-hmm. um, the practical effects, practical makeup, costumes, everything like that. I think it just adds a whole nother level to these movies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny how like, middle uh new zealand is technically middle earth and you can go on tours to see where where they shot the films and everything so i think that's kind of cool yeah
0: not to mention this is the only movie trilogy besides the godfather where all three movies were nominated for best picture um and then this one return of the king is the one that eventually won it but zach let's get started Mm -hmm. do you remember the first time you watched it was it a theater watch and what was it like revisiting it for the podcast
2: yeah um Saw this, saw this in the theater when it came out. And I remember this being like a huge, huge deal. I guess because this was the final one and all yeah. this and that. And I remember, I know Titanic was before this, which was made a billion dollars. But I remember this was like the first one that I like actually remember. Like, wow, it made that's a billion dollars. That's that's a huge deal. Um, saw, like I said, saw in the theater, had a blast with it. Um, really, this is the <clears throat> out of all three, this is the one I've seen the least. Um, but. On this rewatch, I really understand why it won Best Picture because it, it really is everything you think. It, everything it is, and more. Honestly, so what about you, Craig?
0: I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Wait, wait,
1: Craig, no, I'm, I'm good. Sure. <clears throat> um, so I again, we talked about this uh the last two times. Um This was a yearly thing for us. Uh, I think the movie came out around the 18th yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would go to my my dad's grandparents for Christmas around the 21st or something like that. So right around that same weekend, we would get AMC gift cards literally every Christmas. And that's what we would do the very next day. We would go to Christmas and go see um, Lord of the Rings at Quail Springs Mall. Um, and I think that's that might be partially why I'm so attached to Quail Springs Mall is because I have such you know fond memories of going there uh, when I was younger. Just the mm-hmm. whole... Um, kind of black light atmosphere they have going back through the back i just remember that a lot going to see those movies so um but yeah i like you said zach you knew it was a big deal around this time it was showing on the news like oh it's coming out it's made this much money and um you know the only things that were kind of comparing to it at the time were like you said titanic i think harry potter might have had one or two out oh. by this time <laughs> Yeah, um, two of
2: them were out by that, and yeah, and, I mean, the, and the, I mean, Matri- the Matrix, the last two Matrix. Matrix movies was that same year as well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, like, it was being compared to other movies, but it was like, yo, this movie is taking the top spot over all these other movies, and so it was just this massive deal that even the news was sharing at that time.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm I'm the odd one out then, I guess. Uh, I, this is the first time I watched it. it was set down today. In its entirety um i you know last two years i talked about uh oh i've seen parts of two towers and parts of fellowship but uh now do this podcast it's because of you know sitting down and and talking about them so i sat down watched it for the first time today in its entirety and uh, i'll definitely say like my final thoughts at least at least when the movie was over like it's pretty epic like Mm -hmm. i wish i could have seen this on a big screen I wish I could have been like something still inside me. I'm not a diehard fan like Zach is, and I don't have any <clears throat> kind of attachment to Craig. But something inside me, I feel like I want to be attached to to, to these movies somehow. But I'm just, it's not there for me. Um, but we'll we'll talk about it. Zach, lead the conversation, my good sir. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I, let's start. I guess we'll start off with the prologue, which all three films have a prologue. I think this one the. When we got to when we get to see like Smeagol's transformation into Gollum, I think this is the darkest opening of all three of the films. Yes. It's yeah. definitely the most um it really sets the mood for the rest of the film, honestly. Yeah.
1: Just kind of you know, it's it's almost like a a foreshadowing of you know, it shows what the ring can do to somebody. And it's yeah. almost a foreshadowing of you know in two twin tower, or two towers you kind of see oh. um frodo's journey kind of turn into that prologue um yeah. you you see bits and pieces of that in the two towers so I think there's kind of piggyback off of two towers and show that initially it's like okay if he doesn't get this done like there's there's a chance that he may turn into a form of this and so yeah. I think it's a it's a very good prologue it kind of like I said, piggybacks off the the second one and foreshadows what could happen in this one.
2: Yeah, and I and this definitely, obviously, one of the great is the makeup. I mean, the Andy Circus, Serk, Andy Circus performance as this character is just really epic, and it really set the tone for what we could do for visual, like just CGI complete characters. Right. Um, but his transformation between mm-hmm. like the losing of his hair, that teeth scene where he like bites into the fish, and it's yeah. like the really like really demented looking teeth is just really nasty looking. And then just the final um, shot before we get into the actual scene is just, you know, he closes his eyes and you see like the big bulging eyes that Gollum has. Um, and that just sets it off. And we get into <clears throat> Frodo and Sam's journey. Do you think, you know, Johnny, for, for one, you know, the one that's kind of being the odd man out for this trilogy do you? I think out of all the characters, do you think Fro- Frodo and Sam's journey is like at least the most the most exciting, or do you think it kind of lags in some places?
0: In this movie,
2: this movie, or all three, just in in general.
0: I think I think it's the most intriguing out of uh, especially getting to this movie. I think the journey that those two have, you're just you're 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 sitting back waiting for something bad to happen. I know at least that's how mm-hmm. I felt. Yeah, I was just like yeah. you know waiting for something bad to happen. But leading into this movie, I feel like the journey from beginning to end in this movie, you know, I I wrote down that this has a lot of one of those uh, like a three hour movie. You know, there's so many different stories just thrown in together, yeah. whether it's something like Traffic, Crash or The Godfather. This movie felt like that. And I almost thought there was maybe too much going on at once while watching this one. But I kind of just. Wanting, I just kept wanting more of Sam and uh, Frodo's journey.
2: Yeah, well, and there for a second, <laughs> the group is kind of together like Aragorn, Gandalf, Mary Pippin, um, Legolas, and Gimli they're all together, but then uh, Gandalf and Pippin right off to Minas Tirith, and now we're kind of back into two towers territory where everyone's divided and yeah, at different locations. I enjoy that to some extent, like I think, and this really does not even a criticism. I think the weakest of it is the Aragorn stuff until he gets to the Path of the Dead, you know, yeah. that stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I think these films, you know, um, you you have such a grand story to tell, and you're only doing it across three films around three hours each, and you're able to tell all of these different side stories, subplots, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of just like the, the, the Marvel stuff. You have all these timelines going together at yeah. the same time. It's It's honestly, if I'm not mistaken, the first time any movie had tried to do something like this, where you're telling that many stories across a trilogy, you know, most trilogies, there's like Toy Story. It's all the same things kind of going in one singular story, but to -hmm. be able to tell all these different stories across three different movies, have them told pretty well uh, for the most part. I think like, like you said, Johnny, I think the third one kind of lags in that area, but to be able to do it throughout three movies it's really a testament to how well prepared uh, the the director was.
0: I kind of call I kind of yeah. really like the opposite. Really... <laughs> just just kind of piggybacking off what Craig said, like what I feel like the huh. I, f- I feel like the third like, what, one. What do you mean? Like I feel like the third one tells all those different stories the best, and I feel like if there was a mm-hmm. film that kind of lagged in telling those stories all at once, it was probably Two Towers. Two towers as well, is where I kept twiddling my thumbs a lot more, if that makes the, sense. Yeah,
1: but the two towers is really one that's based off of building that divide. Like you're finally coming to a head of, of two powers, yeah, really getting to a point to where it's like, okay, we have to do something about what's with what's going on. And I feel like that's what two towers really was. It was just a it was just a momentum build of a clash, whereas the other ones are are, are mainly storytelling. Obviously, this one has,
2: you know, fights in it and, and the ultimate ending, but. Um, well, and really, if you want to get down to it, Two Towers is essentially just them dealing with Sauron. And then yeah. they get back to Sauron in this movie. And so it, I feel like the big thing with Two Towers is the Helm's Deep sequence towards the end of the film. This one has like
1: four Third or War. five yeah. epic.
2: Battle sequences in it. I mean, it was like rewatching. I was like, "Damn, I forgot how like epic this movie was." Honestly, (laughs) um, do we like so, Craig? I'm sure you've seen the extended edition of this, right?
1: I honestly have not.
2: Okay. If
1: I if I have, I didn't know I did. Um, because it was just so long ago, and it was like on DVD, and we just put it in.
0: So, Zach, let's talk about that. What's the big difference? I mean, it the 40 minute difference of the extended cut. Is mm-hmm. it, is it that much more of a different tour? It makes you look like a whole d- another movie.
2: It, it just fills in some of the, I don't want to say plot holes. Cause it <clears throat> makes it sound negative. Like they didn't know what they were doing. It just fills in a little bit more of the story. Like when they, when the group gets to like Isengard and they're talking to Treebeard, there's a whole another like 15, 20 minute scene of like Saruman, like what happens to him and warm, warm tongue.
1: I, I would put it this way. Normal versions probably for the public,
2: yeah. Extended like for, for the, the nerds, yeah.
1: yeah. It's for the yeah. people that really want to dive in and know <clears throat> all the minute details. Kind of uh, probably more so match it to the book than what they were able yeah. the to screen to make it uh, quote unquote acceptable for normal moviegoers.
2: And, and some of it is there. There the path of the dead sequence is a lot more extended. Where um, you don't know if they're going to make it out out alive. Um, there is, there's a whole thing, which I read, you know, in preference this, I read the book cause I was just curious to see what the difference was. There is a whole subsection of like, uh, Faramir and Erwin, like they get together and that's in the book, which I'm glad they cut that out cause you don't need that. Um, yeah. And really the rest of it is just extended battle sequences, whether it be just different angles or different shots or whatever. Um, I will say the attack on, um. The attack on Minas Tirith is a lot cooler in uh, the extended edition, honestly. At one there's like point, batting, batting rams and different animals and all kinds of stuff.
0: At one point, I feel like maybe from the from the moment hour number two started, <clears throat> for a whole hour and a half is nothing but fight sequences. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it was just it was all in. It felt like you were getting ready to watch something just massive yep. end and like. Mm-hmm. You know, me not knowing what's gonna happen, I'm like, man, it's the last movie. Who's gonna die? Is something is something really bad gonna happen? Um it really does take you on a different adventure when it comes to Vigo Mortensen's character too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And to me, and that I think out of reading the reading the books and just I think one of the common criticisms, not just from me, but I think just in general with Tolkien, just J.R. Tolkien as an author is that he just didn't kill off Mike. In this last book, in this last movie, they should just some of the main characters just drop either in the battle sequences or whatever. I know, like the biggest one that we lose is Theoden, and we really did we got introduced to him in the second movie, so it wasn't even one of the core fellowship. So,
0: Which, what was what was I, I I know what was up with that main with that main scene where Gandalf had the like the crystal ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and they were, like, trying to make sure that nobody, like, touched it. Yeah. Was it just the Hobbit's, like, obsession with touching things, or was he really meant to, like, probably die off by holding on to that ball?
1: I think the main thing with Hobbits is just their curiosity, especially yeah. Merry and Pippin. Yeah. Um, it's not that they were wanting to do something um, bad or wrong. It's just their their pure curiosity and, and kind of uh, – childlike tendencies to want to just do stuff.
2: Yeah. And to kind of piggyback, piggyback off of that. I think it's also like, you know, anyone that sees the ring or kind of sees that type of power, it's almost like a drug that they want more of. Cause yeah. you know, he's just kind of sitting there going like, let me just take one more look at it just one more time. And yeah, you know, he sees the eye of Sauron and it's like, almost sounds like like a brain hemorrhage or something.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, we reference Star Wars, uh, like the whole Jedi mind trick stuff. It, it, it pulls the weak to, to try and uh, – I'm not calling them necessarily weak, but once it has an insight to you because he had seen it initially for a little bit before, it's almost yeah. like it's, it manipulates you into doing what it wants so that it can m- progress while not being – you know, it's using the ball to progress and to be able yeah. to see things uh, – it's kind of like the ring with um, how the um, the wraiths can see you with when it's on.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's like that's another thing. Like, and I want this question is for both of you guys really because I've only seen Return of the King once, and then the other films probably combined like three or four times. The whole idea of the ring—you have six movies. I don't know where the TV show falls in this. Zach, one of you guys might be able to know to answer that question, but you got six movies. Is has there really only been three holders of the ring technically with Sméagol, Bobo and Frodo? <laughs> Bobo,
2: <laughs> Bilbo, yeah. I mean, I mean, essentially, yeah. Because of, like the pr- the prologue of um, a Fellowship hints at the idea that Sméagol had the ring for like hundreds of years, and okay. then you get the Hobbit trilogy, and then Bilbo has it for like 64, 65 years or whatever, and then it goes to Frodo. So yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense.
1: As far as on <clears throat> the quote unquote good side, um there's been three holders. Um but um who is the guy at the very beginning of fellowship?
2: Oh um Asildor. Yeah, which is he, like yeah,
1: he has it in the in, in the 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 mountain the and yeah. um but the, the the bad guy at the very beginning, he has it on his finger. Oh, um, and then he, yeah. he cuts it off his hand. Yeah, Sauron. Yeah. I was trying. I was didn't wasn't sure if it was Sauron or somebody else. But yeah. So technically, there's five on screen that have it in their possession.
2: Yeah, that's true. And you also got to take into account. You know, they say that the the ring was lost for years and it became like a myth. So yeah, probably in that good chance that it was Smeagol or Gollum that had it during that time. I don't know. I haven't seen the Amazon Prime show. There's just a part of my brain that really watches.
1: I'm, I'm was that. Um, I but heard some things that's like, about it and I was like I don't know if I want to watch it because I don't want to taint <laughs> what I know you know what I mean Yeah.
2: but I think that's like thousands of years even before the Hobbit series so
0: so you think it still technically ties into the same timeline or do you think it's a whole new adventure
1: it's different there's, there's not one single person in the movies that's in the show I think
2: yeah but like does it I think it ties into the Peter Jackson movies but not like Okay, like so this direct, is like a bridge, not like yeah. a direct prequel. No, no. Okay, so it is kind of its own adventure, but they're kind of doing something different with it.
0: I'm just, ex- I'm just like in awe, really, of just like the way this movie s- just started the beginning. Um, man, I just, I don't know. I really do wish I just had the, not the knowledge, but just the want to for this movie, like you guys do. I mean, is I don't. It-
2: is it because you grew like with Star Wars? You grew up watching that, and like you weren't like you weren't exposed it to Lord of the Rings me. when you were younger. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't forced
0: upon me. Yeah, um, I mean probably, but there's been some other trilogies that I you know, or some other franchises that I've picked up on that I just wasn't forced upon me. But I think maybe that's that that might have been one. Like it just wasn't like constantly always on the TV. It wasn't forced on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know I I
2: wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was forced upon me like I it was just one of those movies that you know I remember seeing like the first teaser for this for fellowship and it was like okay so this is going to be like some big epic adventure and it even just looked, it looked cool
0: even when it would come on TNT and stuff like you know 2000 But you don't
2: want to watch those Yeah it's so watered
1: right. down on TNT
0: or like oh, my yeah. dad my dad would sit there and watch them all and like be in awe of them but like that nope my head's turning I'm going in the other room I didn't I, want anything
1: to do with it I think the biggest thing for me was it wasn't really necessarily forced on me, Um, but like my brother read the books. I think my mom kind of understood like what the lore was of it. And my dad was interested after seeing the, the, the trailers and everything. So when we went, it was just an immediate captivation of how massive the story, how grand the 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 scenes were where you had all of the the on location shots and everything and i think it just became like the first time you saw it you immediately were just like okay this is something that you should be watching and be a part of just because of how big it was yeah. and i think it, from that point on it became a, a movie that would be thrown on our tv you know we would have a blu-ray player and throw it on the movie or on the tv or blu-ray dvd player Mm-hmm. And watch it on a summer night once or twice a year, you know, all three of them. And so yeah. it was, we we watched them multiple times throughout the course of, of having them.
2: Well, just as a personal side note, personal story for me is uh I had, my cancer came back the second time when the first movie came out. So it was kind of like a big deal in my, we had a family friend. this was like when DVD was like brand, brand new. new, maybe a couple, a yeah. <laughs> couple, couple years in and she bought me a, like a, a DVD player in the first two movies was a Fellowship and Fellowship of the Ring and Ollie. And <laughs> I wore that Fellowship of the Ring DVD copy out. Yeah, I remember.
1: So, the, the I honestly think Lord of the Rings was the move, was the reason we got a DVD player. Um, because I just remember my mom, we were at Walmart and we got this DVD player, this big boxy DVD yeah. player yeah. with two speakers. And she was like, we're getting this, but we're not going to go spend money on all these DVDs like we did on VHSs. Well, yeah. sure enough. What happened? We, we didn't have near the collection of this guy up here, but right. we, we had
2: we had a quite a bit of
1: DVDs, more so later on in, in the DVD player's life. But
2: Well, um, really, and if you think about it, Lord of the Rings, that was still in the time of VHS because I actually still remember – you know I think Return of the King was like it was like Titanic, it was divided up into on two VHS tapes because it was that long. Wow.
1: I, I yeah. see I never had the VHS. I, I do remember the, the whole Microsoft HD TV or HD DVD. <laughs> yeah, HD DVD, um, yeah. The it was like one of the first ones to be on it along with Kong
2: and uh yeah. some others. Um going back to the movie, uh do we so you Know we have Frodo. One of the things that I really, really liked, and this this wasn't in the book, but I really like the idea of Gollum like putting a wedge between Frodo and Sam when he like gets rid of like the, the Elvis Bread and everything. And yeah. essentially, Sean Aston's performance in, the, in this movie is really it's fantastic, honestly. Probably
1: tops, um, even it's, Elijah it's was. definitely top, top three.
2: And Peter Jackson was just stunned that he didn't get like a supporting. Oscar uh, supporting actor nomination. And I agree 100%, with him because that scene, and then especially the the climactic scene where he says, "If I can't carry it for you, I'll carry you," and he just puts him on his back and starts climbing up Mount Doom. That,
1: Mister Frodo. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, what do you th- what do you think about it, Johnny? So just, you know, obviously, did, did you did you expect that going well, in, or did you think I, I, one well, of them would die? Just, I mean,
0: looking looking through the awards, I was like, okay, if it won eleven for eleven, surely it got a best. Actor nod.
2: No, it's all technical.
0: And uh so what? It, it won eleven out of what? Fourteen?
2: No. Uh, let's see. I got them right here. One. Best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay, best art direction, best costume design, film editing, up. makeup, original score, original song, sound mixing, and visual effects. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, eleven. So it was one of the first. It was one of the films like Ben Hur and Titanic that everything everything it was nominated for it one so that's that's like one out of three films in oscar history that's that they've ever done that
0: the scene where uh you know Sean Aston does pick up Frodo, and you know the chemistry between mm. those two in this film was was phenomenal um mm. if i had to pick somebody i would i'd probably pick him i feel like he should should have gotten nominated there's oh. there's numerous scenes in that movie um where he's just overpowered and he's not just overpowered but he's Completely uh, the best on screen. I think he's he's by far better than um, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, Viggo Mortensen. Even though they don't share the screen that much together in this movie, Uh, a lot of people say Sean Austin's best performance was Rudy. I think it's this one.
2: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Might be Fifty First Dates, but that's a debate for another (laughs) day. I can't. I can't argue with that. That that is his best performance.
2: <laughs> or or click. He was in click too.
1: Click the one. one. Um, uh,
2: but I mean, two thousand four
1: actor in a leading role. Sean Penn, Mystic River. Supporting role. Tim Robbins, Mystic River. They didn't even win cinematography. Like, what are we doing here? Uh,
0: let's see.
1: Cinematography with the Master oh, and God. Commander. Jeez, this was my man. first time watching. <laughs> you're on a you're on a boat. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean
2: did the same thing, and it did it better than Master and Commander. Out of curiosity, you know, best it wasn't picture even in the top five. Best picture, well, obviously, Return of the King, but it was up against Lost in Translation, which I've actually heard really good things about. Good. Uh, Master good. and Commander, Mystic River, and Sea Biscuit. So I think out of those. Return of the Return of the King deserves it.
0: I have all those, but I have not seen Mystic River, and I hear amazing things about Mystic River.
2: Oh, it's a Clint
1: Eastwood film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe.
0: I think <laughs> I think their hands were drawn when it came to this year. They didn't want to
1: do anything. I think,
0: I, yeah, I think I think they were like, you know what? Fellowship didn't get it. Two Towers didn't get it. This is the best out of the three. No matter what it's up against, it has to win.
2: Well, I was going to ask you about that. Do you think, and, and thinking about it in retrospect, do you think that it won everything because it is the best? Or do you think because of what Peter Jackson was able to accomplish with these three films? It's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give it to him.
1: Probably a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the some of the other stuff, I mean... When you
0: think- when you when you have... Uh, sean penn in there he's one of that one best actor that year right
2: yep
1: but i mean you're, you're looking at like costume design look at all the costumes they had to provide cinematography yeah. did it get art direction same thing all the all the makeup costumes everything like that um directing score film editing i mean you're having to edit all that stuff to get a three-hour movie you know what i mean like it's I think everything they won, they deservedly won, Um, which they probably could have won more. But, again, you can't have just one thing kind of sweep everything. You know uh, (laughs) what?
0: Sean Astin probably would have won it if he picked up Frodo and was like, hey, yo, Frodo, I did it. (laughs) Rudium. A little sign of Rocky. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that scene, though, like leading into before that spider – and Frodo oh, getting yeah. Frodo getting like the the it, you know, like I said, I'd never seen this move before. I thought Frodo was gonna die right there. There's three parts in this movie where I thought Frodo was gonna die.
2: Well, it's always it's always interesting, like a fan like a fan theory of like if what had Frodo had died, do you think Sam could have had the will to get it all the way to Mount Doom, or do you think he would have got corruptible by the ring?
0: Man, I don't, I don't know, because you got to go back and look at the way he was being bad enough by Gollum. Mm-hmm. You know, be constantly being criticized about his weight. Um, I think Gollum kept calling it calling him a fat piece of shit.
1: So <laughs> he essentially, did essentially, yeah. He was like, "Look at the crumbs on him; he ate it." What's Tater's precious? I know that was a different movie, but well, that's two um, no, I. I, I personally, if we're going to, you know, kind of fantasize and fan theory, I don't think he would have made it. I think he had the will and the werethalt to do that mission. Mm-hmm. But I think his main drive was Frodo. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, agree with that. I, I, I think just the friendship and the bond that he had and the, the want to to be able to help him persevere in the journey that he put forth on his shoulders. I think that's what drove Sam. Um, yeah. I don't, and I think if, Sam, if Frodo would have, you know, died, I, I don't know if Fro, or Sam would have been able to, to do that. I, I just don't think. Like I said, I think his whole drive was wanting to be there to to help.
2: Well, and I like what I like how you put that because that that's definitely a callback to the original, the first film of like you know, Gandalf gave that job to him, him alone, you know, get him to wherever he needs to go, and that's that's essentially his mission throughout these three films. Yeah um talk about let's let's talk about some of the battle sequences because like I said there so many of these scenes are just like wow that's just truly epic you know you know obviously there is a lot of Cgi but like you say Kirk there's a lot of practicality there's a lot of yeah. stuntman work there's a lot of armor and costumes and all that um I would have to say like there are so many like get up and your get up out of your seat and cheer moments or you just want to join the battle sequences like, the one that really sticks out for me is the Pelennor Pel- Fields when like the giant elephants like you can see the two oh. uh, armies come together and that the one just like swings his trunk trunk into the army and just like people and horses are flying all over the place. So I was like, "Damn, this is epic. This is so awesome."
0: Yeah. What are those what are those things called that look like they're deformed who people? Like they're from Whoville. Orcs. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I had a big
1: Grinch moment there. One That's of them was like Grinch. Um, one person that I always forget is in this movie is Carl Urban. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, he, he his character looks nothing. You know, Carl Urban has the dark hair. His character has that, that light blonde ish. And it just doesn't ever look like him. He's, he's usually wearing the armor. But um, watching like Thor the other day, and I was like, man, it's, Hard to believe that he's been in all these different movies, you know, Star Trek, Thor, Or yeah. the Rings. Like you want to talk about having a resume. Like, he may not be the leading actor in a majority of these, but those are those are Pretty three big. good franchises to be a part of. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we talked a lot about Carl Urban this year. <laughs> now that I think about it.
1: Oh, we haven't even
0: mentioned Hugo Weaving being in yeah. this in this trilogy and The Matrix. Yeah, that's almost true. In the, almost in the same time, time span. I think um, the
2: only the only person I I that gets the short stick and that that's just partly because of the source material is uh, Liv Tyler. I mean, I get they set that up that romance up in the first film and it goes through the th- three films, but yeah. she's only in this movie like ten minutes of the three hours and twenty minutes. So
0: I thought you were gonna say Elijah Wood. I go back to last year and the year before, and I I will stand at that argument is one of the main reasons I'm not attracted to these movies. I in Elijah Wood, I do not trust. He's not entertaining to me. I don't like his 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 portrayal of Frodo. I just don't get it. I never have got it. I don't know. Am I being too hard on, on Elijah Wood? Because Frodo is, is my, be, lead, he's
2: it, my least favorite. Is it because you hate Flipper so much? I hate Flipper? No. <laughs> <laughs> be, said, there's a reference for somebody that doesn't know. I think it's
0: just I'm not I'm not sold on Elijah Wood. I never have. I, I mean, well, that's one of the big turnoffs about these movies to me is Elijah Wood.
2: He hasn't done anything since Lord. Of the... I don't even know the last thing he was in since Return of the King. To be honest, he
1: was on a TV show on TNT. Oh.
2: Was it Wilfred? Where he has like yeah. the, the dog, the dog Something show, like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I mean, uh, same thing in uh, like stuff like The Faculty. It's it's not the character. It's not Frodo. It's it's Elijah Wood. I think he's the most least interesting thing about the faculty.
1: <laughs> he don't drink Dosakis, no is what you're saying? Yeah. He's not the most interesting <laughs> in the world. I just –
0: I don't know. And that's – you know, I brought that argument up last year, and I just – I,
1: it's For me, I think um, this was the first thing that I really remember seeing him in. Yeah. And so I – I don't think this is the worst thing that I've seen him in. I've seen him in some other stuff, but I'm with you like I th- I think he fits this role, but I think everything else that he's in I'm just kind of like like it's all right, but it's not I th-
0: I think I think I would have I think I would have enjoyed maybe the Frodo character more if the roles were reversed if Elijah Wood played Sam and Sean Austin played Frodo. Cause Sean Sean Austin, like people make fun, you know, people do make fun of him sometimes. If you go out there and read some of the reviews about him, but Sean Austin, dude, he has it. Go back and watch some of his stuff, you know, and he's he's a very very entertaining, charismatic dude. Yeah. And I yeah.
2: just, I think he was really, I think he was really good in the season of Stranger Things he was on. I kind of yeah. wish they hadn't killed him off.
0: I just, I just the Elijah Wood does not have me uh, involved.
1: Look, yeah, I mean everything that I'm not gonna say everything, but what i've seen of sean astin he's he's able to be diverse he's able to deliver on screen he's able to capture the scenes that he's in when he's on screen um i mean there's not really i don't i can't recall a character or movie that i've seen him in where i was just like that's bad you know yeah. what i mean yeah. you know like you said stranger things um lord of the rings the goonies um Fifty-first dates, like you're going to a lot of different realms of, of characters, and he's able to portray them all very nicely.
2: Yeah, that's true. So, Johnny, did you have like a uh, a uh, thank God he's dead moment when a uh, Gollum fell into the into the lava and just gets sucked into it? Well, I,
0: I got that's the second time I thought he was gone. The first time is when. Frodo throws him over, like, I think, like an hour and a half, two hours into it. And I thought he was dead Uh-oh. then. Yeah. But I guess, you know, I like how they, he just comes out of nowhere and like he's been stalking the entire time. I thought that was a creepy, um, a creepy venture. Um, but I did like that scene. It reminded me of the Terminator 2 lava scene. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it reminded me of that scene. Uh, Frodo puts the ring on, he disappears, and then Gollum just bites his finger off, and that was pretty dark. I, I really enjoyed yeah. that scene a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's directly from the
2: book. That that wasn't like made up for the movie. That, that's in the book, so that, that was some,
0: cool. Something inside me thought that Frodo was just going to run up and push him off the cliff instead of going and trying to get the ring back.
2: But I like that. I like that, even though, like, he is like seriously on his deathbed. He had his finger bitten off. He all he cares about and wants is that ring. Yeah. And that, yeah. I but that I think almost that just shows the power of it.
0: That's true. Because that would have almost been the despise of or the demise of both of them. Um yeah. when he could have just pushed him off the cliff and you know, him and the ring would have been gone away with. So and then there was a little I didn't think it was gonna happen, but there was a slight tease in me where I thought Sam was gonna go up and push both of them off the cliff. <laughs> and then i was like oh that's a that's a strange of two different movies no
2: no that's in the director's extended extended edition so.
0: that's in the sam cut the sam
1: cuts. pull out a 45 and just shoot him. Right.
0: <laughs> destroy it no all right then i had well that's funny that you say that because i had just gotten in watching something before and the first time you see sam lose it and start hitting Gollum. With the rock, I thought he was gonna whip out a a gun and just boom. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a
2: uh, wrong movie. But you watch, you watch Scarface one too many times before, <laughs> before doing this.
1: Shout out my little
0: <laughs> I do like the I, that, whole, <clears throat> that whole mixture of those three in the in the uh, just the the venture that those three have. Like I said, yeah. I'll go back to it. That was that was. The most fun for me in this movie was just those three together. So,
2: well, and you also have like overlapping that is the the, the final battle with like where Aragorn says for Frodo and just like starts running towards the works of Mount Doom. That is still that's another epic scene, honestly. And you just that's just one of those like you're at the very last second, the very last moment, all hope could literally be lost, but it's just like no, we're gonna fight to the death just to give Frodo. And sam a couple extra minutes to do what they need to do
0: so once the ring got destroyed that means that the whole like all the other armies like poofed and they were gone
2: right yeah essentially i i like every time i see that it's just it kind of cracks me up where it's just like the 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 ground just like falls underneath them and all the armies of mordor just like fall into it it's just like so there's like none left over. Cause I, if you notice some of them get away, it's just like, where do they go? Uh,
1: well, I think it's just, it's the, the fact that there is nothing left um, that provides them with the power. So it's like, yeah. you can't build up more armies. There's nothing else that's there to, to help them kind of quote unquote conquer.
2: Yeah.
1: It's gone. The, the one rings to rule them all. You can't rule them all. If you don't have the ring.
2: Uh, and I like that. And I like the scene where uh, Sauron's tower just literally gets obliterated. Like it, it almost forms like a a circle, and just like that's how like everything gets destroyed because you know the power is gone and nothing, can, nothing can revamp it.
0: Uh, Dak, Dak Prescott better be careful. Or, you know his quest to get the ring. He might turn into Schmeagle here pretty soon.
2: <laughs> um, there's our football reference for the episode.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and then when everything is over. You think that it's just almost. You think the movie's almost over, but there's like another twenty minutes, fifteen minutes of just. And you get the wizard. You you get the the wizard. You get the wizard of Oz ending, where Frodo wakes up in the bed and everybody starts coming towards him, and at this, at at one point, I'm like, "Don't tell me this whole thing was a dream."
2: How pissed off would you be if that was the truth? (laughs)
0: Everybody coming in. And,
1: ben know. had too many drinks after the the beginning festival for Bilbo's oh, birthday. Yeah.
0: The other two hobbits get in the bed and start playing with him, and there's there's, there's <laughs> don't there's, say it like that. <laughs> I know there's Gandalf just sitting there looking at him. I'm like, don't tell me this thing ends with it just being a big dream.
1: Have you seen <laughs> the the meme or the GIF or whatever of him getting in bed and they smile and they're like, there's two of them, I think. What well, they both have like really jacked up teeth, and they are both like gumless and they're just like laughing hysterically. Uh, it's... People well, no, have no. too much time on their hands.
2: No, Frodo was just a severe alcoholic. He just that's, that was the problem. He, he got just drunk. Up.
1: He got drunk, had a bad dream, woke up the next day after a hangover.
0: So literally within a few hours of everything ending, Sam finds somebody to rule his ring, and they get married.
1: No, that's that's a story that's in the first movie. Yeah, that yeah. So it 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 does a callback. It's a callback. It's it sets it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a callback, but it sets it up
1: in the first film.
2: Yeah, Mm. she's just she's such a minor character, and that 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 is in the book. Like he does get married to Rosie and everything, but. Kind of jumping off what you piggybacking off what you said, Johnny, one of the criticisms of this film is that like there's like seven different endings to this. By the time you get to them getting back to the Shire, you're just like, okay, is this over yet? Oh no, so we still have like another 15, 20 more minutes of this.
1: It just it ties all the knots and makes it, it Yeah. Gives you all the okay, we're good here. I had to kind of double
0: check I had to double check the info button on the on the PlayStation because I was like, wait a minute, am I did I put it in the extended version? 'Cause like all these yeah. different like four different endings and then Frodo ends up leaving them behind. Where's Frodo going? He's well, going back
2: to acting school.
1: <laughs> Never mind. No.
2: no, I and this is again referencing the book. It him and Bilbo, I think what I like about it is that they've had to deal with the that the evil so much that the world that they live in. It's just they're never gonna be safe. I mean, I know that the armies is gone, sauron has gone, but it's just it's almost like they're scarred for life, and so they have to go somewhere else where they're much more um they can live like a more peaceful life. Like Middle Earth yeah. for them is not it's not it's not it anymore. They're going under hiding. Yeah. Hmm. Well, to really to make you royal, really piss you off, Johnny. In the book, there's a whole like when they get back from destroying the ring and everything, and Aragorn becomes king. They come back to a shire that's been um, conquered by Sauron, and they have to come up with like this whole like last ditch effort to save the shire from Sauron or Sauron. And it's just like, no, no, um, you better be glad that was not how this movie was going to end. Oh my God! Peter Jackson did a lot better ending to the movie than what was in the book. So, but did you like that? Did you like the emotional like the emotional tie up of Frodo has to leave, and it's um essentially like they he's done his job and he has to go rest now?
0: yeah, it, it made it, it it gave me like a a Yoda like ending. You know how in Empire Strikes Back, he just disappears and he't do do it. Don't do it, Craig. Don't do it. <laughs> I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, oh, you know, that's it. That's the end of Frodo. Bobo Baggins looks so old and like he's going away and I'm
2: like man oh.
1: Bobo Baggins
2: why does he look so old he didn't look that old in fellowship because he had the ring and it prevented like from preventing oh, him from aging yeah. so his age right.
1: just caught up to him since he didn't have the ring
2: yeah That's right.
0: yeah
2: so so
0: then the same thing will happen to Frodo then he'll get, he'll get old and
1: no, not necessarily, because Bilbo had the ring for quite some time. And oh, so the ring dead. the ring yeah. prevented him from aging.
2: Yeah.
1: And so and was,
2: Frodo's yeah. technically a young man when he gets the ring, so it's it's not much, you know. He, ha- he hadn't had it for like 64 years or whatever.
0: So what do you guys think? I mean, I know the person who wrote this book and all this stuff has been dead for a long time. Is there anything written past Return of the King?
2: There's another book
0: that can become like another epic billion dollar
2: franchise. The only other one that could possibly, and I'm not, I don't really know anything about it. It's called The Similarian. It's like a, I don't know if it's like takes place after Return of the King or what, but it's essentially just a whole nother like family lineage that like, while Lord of the the Rings is going on, this is what's going on like Mm. in another part of Middle Earth. So I know people have asked Peter Jackson if he's going to do it. He said no. He's done Lord of the Rings. He's done The Hobbit. Like He's good.
0: And then, I mean, obviously with the ring being destroyed in this one, there's nothing to sought after or anything like that, I guess.
1: You guys know what's crazy? I was was thinking about something like this the other day, but now it kind of ties in. This movie was made in 2003, which means that people – that were born the same year can't even drink you know what i mean like it's just it's mind-blowing how fast time is going and how far you know you blink and next thing you know movies are 20 years old Yeah, man that's 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 true
2: another movie that that turned 20 years old this year is elf like it has like a little thing on max where you can watch Elf and says oh celebrating 20 years this year i was like is it really is it really been that long
1: and you, I, I was talking Because I was talking to Mallory We drove by one of my old jobs And I was like You know it's It's been 10 years since I worked there And then I was like 10 years prior to that Like the same timeline From now to then From then to 10 years prior I was in third grade You know And it's just yeah, kind of wild yeah. To think like In that time frame Where it's like that
2: Between this gap
1: If you were to go back even further With the same gap That's where you were at It's just, it's just wild to think
2: well, and the most and the the bonkers thing about it is that it's crazy that this movie's twenty years old and yet it looks a lot better than some of the movies that get released today. I mean, because like they the visuals took their and everything. time. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean it's crazy that, and that goes the same for like Jurassic Park. That movie turned thirty years old this year, and like Jurassic Park has some of the better visual effects than some of the Marvel movies now. It's just yeah. like what?
0: But yeah. you also have to look at it like how much time went into the the filming, the creating, and then look at the technology today
1: to preserve some of these movies Mm
0: -hmm. and all the the stuff that goes on, making sure that they last another 20 years.
1: Speaking of preservation, Johnny, you want to elaborate on that post you shared a little bit earlier with PlayStation? yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to read the whole thing? Sure, sure. Yeah, read it. So so just so everybody's aware, um, PlayStation has decided to um, not extend their agreement with um, a certain movie company or, or, or media company. And so if you bought anything digitally on their platform, you are no longer going to have access to it. Whereas if you were to buy something physically, you can still have access to it for as long as you keep it in usable condition. So... That that's and somebody you know, I'll let you get to it here in a second. Somebody had talked or said something, and it's like, when you buy digitally, you're essentially renting it. Mm-hmm. You're never going to have complete ownership of that copy. Yeah. No matter no matter how you, you no don't really fight, how much I you mean, fight or want, you never own it. It is a, simply a renting of that copy.
0: Even when your movies come with these, and you put them on. streaming service like that's still not yours
1: yeah if that if that service ended today you no longer own that right so go ahead proceed with your uh
0: so 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 this was i not to me uh like i said i just i shared this but it says as of december 31st 2023 due to our content licensing arrangement agreement arrangements with content providers you will no longer be able to watch any of your previously purchased Discovery content, and the content will be removed from your video library. Click here for a full list of affected titles that will no longer be supported. Thank you. Sincerely, PlayStation Store. Yeah.
1: Yep. <sighs> so when, when we speak about,
2: um, you know, so, and it so, might be too late now. So like, okay, so, and... Again, I'm not much in the gaming world, but you can fill in the blanks for me, Craig. So, if you bought digitally Spider-Man Two on PlayStation, you like if that was one of the titles, you don't have you don't have access to it anymore unless you have like a physical copy of it.
1: Essentially, if if PlayStation just up and said tomorrow, we are shutting down as a company. That's it. The Nintendo, the Super Nintendo from 1992 or whatever, 34, what is it, 30 years ago? You can still play those games day to day, no matter what. Say you were to go back and there was digitally, you were able to digitally purchase stuff for the Super Nintendo. Nintendo folded as a company six years ago because they weren't able to keep up with the times and produce right. top quality content or something. Right. You can't go back and play that stuff. There's no server to allow you to play it. Everything you have is based on a server. And and <laughs> that server's gone. There's nobody pushing out that information, that data. It's gone. You're you're done. So, yeah, I I, I purchase things like um Madden or 2K or if a game's super cheap, I'll buy it digitally. But I mean, you go back. I mean, I got a couple things right here. Paper Mario. It's a disc. It's a hard copy. I can play this anytime I want, whenever I want. It doesn't matter what happens to Nintendo as a company. If I own the equipment, I can play it. And, you know, it's fun to see that because, like, you said Best Buy, stopping selling.
2: Is that really – is that – is that you think that's really licensing agreements or do you think that's about money?
1: It's the uh, same thing. If, if Sony came to them and was like, look, we don't necessarily pull in as much money as we thought we would. We're not going to pay you $300,000 to license your stuff, to put it on our system. And we're like, well, we want $300,000. It's like, well, we're not going to give it to you. Okay. You can no longer provide our stuff on your service. So it's are like, you,
0: a, are you a fan of the, uh, the digital-only game systems?
1: No, I think it's... I've, everything in today's world is, a now, is in a now sense. Play it now, stream it now, watch it now,
2: Well,
1: own it now. Whereas physical stuff, like I said, you can play Super Nintendo stuff from 1993. Yeah, there's going to be ways to rip it and play it online or download it online illegally, I might add. But... It's, it's, you, you'll never have full ownership of it if you do that.
2: Well, that's the crazy part because like we were, we were at GameStop over the weekend and I was just talking to one employee, one of the employees. I was like, well, do they still do like discs anymore? I was like, cause we, obviously we all three grew up when you had to go buy the game and you had to download it from the disc onto the system. It's like, no, some of the systems they don't even, they don't even do discs anymore. You have to do it through the store. And yep. that goes back to what you were saying, Craig. It's just like, well, how, if you bought, I don't know. The Avengers The Avengers game on there, which I've heard that is like that they got rid of that. I did. I bought it online. You bought it online and yeah. so like if micro the Microsoft store went out of business or whatever, yep. you wouldn't have access to that no more, correct? Yep. Correct. Wow.
1: Which is why, you know, Johnny has what he has. People laugh at him. It's like, "Well, you can just watch it on Netflix." Well, Who laughed at me? People. <laughs> pe- people I mean, people are like, oh, "Why well, do yeah. you own
2: People have so many movies. Why you know? do you
1: own that much stuff? Why do you do that much stuff? You could just watch it on Netflix. How many movies does Netflix take off they on take a month-to-month off. basis?
2: Dude, like <laughs> dude, I just saw that they added the whole DC universe, the at least the Zack Snyder films onto Netflix, and now they're taking off like the monster monsterverse movies like Godzilla and it's like yeah. they just put those on there. Like, wh- what was the point of putting them on there if you're just gonna take them off like a month later? Yeah, that's why when I want to watch Hell or High Water, I have a physical copy. I don't have to, I don't have to worry yeah. about Netflix or any of them.
1: Or like, God's not dead. Oh, yeah, like it, it's the convenient factor of buying digitally. It's nice if you don't yeah. if you if you don't plan on keeping stuff physically for the long haul, and you're just a you know you're that type of person where you're like I only want to play something while it's revel- relevant. By all means, do it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I'm looking at something. If you get that itch, you, well, you like, want to scratch that itch. It's like, I'll, I'll use this for an example because I have it. It's Paper Mario. Buy this game for 30 bucks at GameStop in 2006 because it was used. GameCube's going out of, out of style. The Wii's coming in. Now it's $100 to resell. Like, for me, it's not just, like, being able to play the game. It's holding the game, preserving the game. It's a part yeah. of a collection. And yeah. I, I think the whole, like I said, instance of today's world is I just want to use it, watch it, stream it now. Like, there's yeah. no, there's no... Well, and, like... It's sad, honestly.
2: Well, and it's just... it's such, It's such a completely different world. Because, like, if I want to watch West Side Story... You know, I may watch that like maybe two times more in my life. I don't want to rely on a streaming service to say like, "Hey, we have it. We may have it. Who knows? It could be on Disney Plus." I don't. If I just have this, then I don't have to worry about doing that. Yeah, and and,
1: you know, because I I said um, Wednesday before, whenever we were talking about previously watched, um, I was watching the Pokemon movies. They're they're not readily available anywhere. Yeah, you have to find them somewhere. And if you find them, it's usually pay $3.99, pay $6.99 to rent it. Okay, I get that itch. I watch it that one time. What if I want to watch it again in a year and a half? I gotta pay another $699 to rent it yep. or to buy and, it, or you know what I mean? So
2: and that to me is just like I get it comes to it comes down to licensing fees and who can have it and who's willing to pay the top dollar. I know. You know, Seinfeld was on um, Hulu for the longest time, and then Netflix paid out the money for them to have the rights for until like twenty twenty six or something like that. Yeah. But to me, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a streaming service, just have access to everything, which I know is virtually impossible. Like I said, but at the same time, it's just like you know, just you know, if I want to watch Godzilla versus Kong, I don't have to jump to five different services just to watch it.
0: Yeah,
2: got that itch to scratch it.
0: Yeah, favorite, favorite scene of Return of the King. Craig, you want to go first?
1: Man, favorite scene. Um, I enjoy um, the big battle with the elephants. Um, yep. I think that's one of the more kind of epic scenes in this one. Um, but if I'm gonna take it down to the nitty gritty of of a scene that I think is like just the most. Iconic. Um, I'm gonna say it's when the trio enters Mount Doom. Um, You know, they they finally reach the 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 place where the ring's supposed to be destroyed, and that whole sequence where you really see Sean Astin kind of like he has a sigh of relief, like like oh, we made it. And then Frodo changes his mind, and he's like, no, the ring's mine. Like it's it's very tense. It's very powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. Sean Astin really just nails the role of being so torn and twisted. of of I really care for Frodo, but at the same time, we're here to do a job, and I don't. I'm not sure how I need to react or feel. So, I think that scene in particular is probably the most powerful in the movie. If I had to
0: pick a scene, it would be, uh, the scene on top of the, uh, the, the the volcano or the, the the lava. What's that actual called, Zach? I know i Is it Doom? Mount oh, Doom. Mount, Mount Doom. Yeah, Mount Doom. Yeah. Um. I just had all those different fun scenarios playing in the back of my head. It's the ending adventure technically of the ring and of Sam and Frodo. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that scene. If I had to pick one that just stands out throughout the entire film, it's that one. So
1: same with me.
2: Yeah. Um, I'd say action sequences. I, I agree with you, Craig. The elephant scene is just phenomenal. Um,
1: you got the dude from 300 in there too. King, uh, whatever of the Persians. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Zir- Xerxes? Z- Xerxes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, that completely changes that scene altogether. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be able
1: to not see it, though.
2: <laughs> um, If I had to pick a character moment, I, I'll, I'll just do one kind of different. The When Gollum puts the wedge between Sam and Frodo and kind of just forces Sam to leave, I, it's emotionally driven, and also it's an action sequence but also kind of a very dramatic moment of when uh, the city is breached and Gandalf is saying like let's move back to um, the second level and you can just see all chaos and hell breaking loose it's just that's really a moment in the movie where just like i don't know maybe they'll maybe they don't, maybe they don't make it out of this one honestly yeah. so
0: all righty it's that time star rating for return of the king 20 years later I'm gonna give it a nine.
2: I'll, nine? Just, I'll go ahead and give it a ten. I think. Um, I think my favorite is still Fellowship, just because it's just it's just so easy to watch. But on this rewatch, I, I it it really is a ten out of ten for, and it deserves this picture and all the accolades that it got. So yeah.
1: Um, with the cast like this, with the score, with with everything a part of it, um, I mean if you're willing to it's a journey i mean like this whole trilogy is based on a journey if you're if you're able to withstand the three-hour movie um i need to watch the director's extended cut um but if you're able to withstand it and you enjoy the the story of this movie it's there's really nothing wrong with any of these three they may be slow in some parts they may be action-filled in some parts but if in the entirety of, of the three of them, it's just one giant story, and I, I don't see anything wrong at any part of these three movies. So it's a ten for me.
0: Yeah, Zach, is this your favorite trilogy of all time?
2: Uh, yeah, probably. If 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 you include if you don't include the fourth Toy Story, I think Toy Story is like right behind it. But I, I do think as just a three arc film. Uh, yeah, I'd say Lord of the Rings is my favorite. I
1: was gonna say that like,
2: yeah, it,
1: it was number two until Toy Story added number four.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> no, I, there's not many that can compete with it. I mean, Star Wars went past it, obviously. Um, Indiana Jones it, went it past would. it, it would or wouldn't. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, as far as like trilogies go, movies, oh, yeah, yeah. movies well, have, have they've had more gone films. past that trilogy, yeah. so oh. it's like, oh. You just sit down and think of like what's what's actually a three film trilogy.
2: What about what, what about what the what Godfather?
1: What if it was four, five, and six of the original Star Wars movies? Would it still surpass it for you, Craig? Of just like the original, mm-hmm. yes. Be, it's 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 a weird dynamic because of how of how just how out of the box Star Wars was for its time yeah. how far it truly pushed its boundaries um for the time that it came out you look back and it's like okay yeah they're good movies you know they still hold a certain place they're still nines eights nines tens whatever you want to call them
2: yeah
1: so I mean if you were to look in that at, at that dynamic I don't think anything can truly pass Star Wars in my opinion just because of what it actually did for cinema the the way yeah. the way they were able to um, you know he was like you guys take all the money to push it out but I get the marketability of it and I get all the 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 benefits and the money from marketing and they're like okay we'll do that and so I think he you know Star Wars truly pushed marketing truly mm-hmm. pushed toys merchandising literally everything I, I think Star Wars as a whole cemented what cinema is in my personal opinion i think there was cinema before but it really made movies an event yeah and so if you want to look at, it at that aspect i don't think anything it's by far four five and six is the best but i i think lord of the rings as a trilogy of one two three is, is probably the best
2: I, I i don't think it i don't think it surpasses it but what about for you johnny the godfather trilogy since i know you like those films
0: uh to me if i had to pick just like a my favorite all-time trilogy it would be godfather one the dark knight 1b
2: oh the dark knight yeah i forgot about that one those are just that one's that one's tough too dark
0: Knight is a good trilogy those are just to me those are perfect just from beginning to end what about
2: um even though they're kind of they're more newer than obviously the other the, the the uh the lord of the rings but what about the creed trilogy Great
0: yeah. Yeah. See, I don't even think of I don't even think of Creed when I when I think of trilogy.
2: Oh, I know, but I know Creed. I know it's just like a brand new technically trilogy. Well, not really because the fourth one's they're gonna there's gonna be a fourth one. So no, that doesn't but, count. I mean, as a
1: trilogy, Creed is good. I don't think it's a top ten trilogy. Like when you when you truly look at trilogies, it's like how well were you able to piece together a story across three movies?
2: Yeah,
1: and um.
0: Now, and really, you don't, you don't have that many anymore because, you know, the good ones make so much money that they're just adding on for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: um, another trilogy we f- we did this year, Star Trek, the Chris Pine Star Treks. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and, well. I mean, I'm not considering The Hobbit a part of the Lord of the Rings trilogy because it's like, yes, it's the same universe and it's kind of an extenu- ex- extending of the story, but it's a completely different trilogy.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So, would, okay. As long okay, as you all yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a prequel, it. but it's a, different, it's a different, different side of the story.
0: They have different names. They have different yeah. title names to me.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But,
0: so. no, I mean, that was a good conversation as far as the trilogy
1: bring up and the movie. So, um, um, I, I would say Rapid Fire, not really Rapid Fire, but top three trilogies. Could can, can you name... Do, like, do you have a set uh, in your mind? Dark Knight, Godfather. Matrix? No, they have a fourth one now. Oh, fuck. Um, I'm not considering that movie. Like, come on now. We all know that if that... I, had, was... if I would use for Star Wars Episode 4, 5, and 6. I would cheat. You would cheat?
2: Yeah. I don't... I'm going to be honest. I don't think outside of Lord of the Rings and the Dark Knight trilogy, I, I don't hate the Godfather part three, but it's just, it's just not as memorable as the first two. I don't know if I'd say those are like the two best trilogies. If they hadn't done Toy Story four, I'd probably put Toy Story in there as well.
1: So on this list, it says Lord of the Rings is the top trilogy Four, five and six is the second Back to the Future.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about
1: those. Toy Story, 1, 2, 3. So, obviously, this list was done before four came out. The Godfather, The Born trilogy.
2: Oh, yeah. But there's there's four of them. There's a fourth one. There's
1: a fourth one now. There's five. Jeremy Renner one. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones, 1, 2, 3, which obviously. Came out. Oh yeah,
0: those are those are good films too. The um, yeah.
1: Planet of the Apes movies. The new ones are. $3. Oh yeah, the, 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 the Matrix. New, the yeah, the Evil Dead trilogy. Mm. Not my favorite, but it's a, you know,
0: the the original Scream trilogy, one, two, and three was a trilogy for a long time.
1: Aliens one, two, and three. Pirates of the Caribbean one, two, and three.
2: What about David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy?
1: Next week, guys, we. <laughs> Yeah, this is no, no, so. 1, 2, 3, Uh Toby Maguire's Spider-Man 1 2 3, X-Men 1 2 3, Terminator. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you were to just go and say like, okay, the first three movies of a franchise, that op- opens it
2: up a little bit.
1: That here. opens it up. Uh, I think that opens up it a lot. Um I think the Dark there's a... logic on there. It, it was on there. Oh. Alien um,
2: pretty good 1 2 and 3.
1: Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3. That's low on the list, in my opinion.
2: Um, yeah. What are we talking about next week, Johnny?
0: Next week, another 2023 sensation. We're talking about Sound of Freedom next Wednesday, December 20th. Uh, you know, it's one of the movies that made a lot of money when it wasn't supposed to this year. Um, so we're going to sit back. I haven't seen it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna sit back and dissect it, talk about it. Um, December twentieth, Sound of Freedom. So should be a fun conversation. Should be a good movie to talk about. A lot of people have it in their top five of 2023. Um, so should be fun. Next week's episode.
1: Johnny, why is your J lowercase and then UAN is uppercase? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just realized this.
1: I was looking at. It, I was like.
2: Huh, it's like iTunes, but just his own version of it. <laughs> there you go, J.
1: Juan, <laughs> Juan.
0: But should what do you guys think? You know, next week, uh, Zach, have you seen Sound of Freedom? It's one of those movies that was, you know, labeled as controversial. Uh, the way it was propped up against everybody on July Fourth weekend. There were some uh, some stories about there that some movie theaters didn't want it to be shown. A lot yeah. of people didn't want it to be shown. But we're yeah. talking about it next week. I haven't seen it, so it's going to be first <laughs> time watch.
2: Yeah, I saw this, actually, July 4th weekend in the theater. Um, I'll, I'll talk about just the experience of it. And I've already done the rewatch of it. And it's, yeah, you better strap yourself in. So that's all pretty much what I'll say about that.
0: I haven't seen it yet, so.
1: I have not either
0: um but i believe it's on the voodoo. If you guys want to check it out before next week's episode, we will talk about it next Wednesday, December 20th. And then the week after that, it's the final episode of the year, our top 5 plus 5 favorite holiday movies. Um it doesn't matter, you know, as long as it's a holiday movie to you. These are the top 10 movies i have to watch in order for it to feel like Christmas. So we're going to talk about it 2 weeks from today. Um, other than that, guys, final nail in the coffin for Return of the King. Any final comments?
2: I, it's just cool to finish the trilogy off. I mean, it, it. It we started this back two years ago with Fellowship, and it's it's kind of bittersweet to see it come to an end. Honestly, like watching the films. So nope, <laughs> we like, always
1: talk about The Hobbit. It's like doing it as wow. they came out.
2: Kind of well, cool. About, and
1: unique.
2: Battle of the Armies turns ten years old next year, so you know you never know.
1: You've added quite a bit
2: to the Voodoo listings.
0: Oh yeah. That is gonna be that, that is a good bring up though, Craig. Uh just the retrospect of talking about them as they all three each turn twenty
1: years. So yep.
0: it was a pretty um, good conversation.
1: I saw you rewatch the menu again. The, oh yeah. The, how was that rewatch?
0: You know, we didn't talk about it at the beginning of the episode, but the rewatch of the menu was honestly fantastic. Um just catching all the tidbits that i didn't catch before um and the dialogue was just it's i, I highly recommend it
2: after rewatching it what do you think of what do you think of uh, nicholas holt playing Lex luther in james gunn's universe oh is he yeah he's gonna be Lex luther in the new superman
0: man i think you know if, if he can be a despising little twirm like he was in the menu i think it's gonna be good
2: i was gonna say did you still want to punch him in the face by, by the end of the movie that, yeah. was yeah, that was me. Oh, yeah, that was Craig.
0: But I mean, I I didn't realize it was on HBO Max this whole time, anyway. But like, you know, Black Friday pickup. I, I thought it was pretty fun.
1: See, to to me, Lex Luthor was comic in the in the the animated Lex Luthor. He was, yes, he was obviously bald, nerdy. But he had he still had a powerful stance to him. He wasn't just some smart kind of pushover. Like he he still had some build Right. To it yeah.
2: you guys- no, I, I he, agree. Had a villain. he had a villain essence to him. Not yeah. just like you said.
0: I agree. The last two Lex Luthor is now talking about Nicholas Holt and Jesse Eisenberg. Like they're just like the little geeky I'm smarter than you kind of dude that you can just pick up and throw. And yeah. I think maybe that's what they're going for. But I really did enjoy Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor, yeah, and I and I enjoyed Gene Hackman from the original Superman because they had a little bit more meat on the bone, you know. Yeah, they were they
1: were like a a bully type.
2: Yeah, well, they they had much more like ambition. They had had a lot more anger towards Superman, not just like, oh, he's a god, we got to kill him now. Like, no, just yeah,
1: Eisenberg's were. It doesn't
2: fit. It doesn't fit that as that character.
1: But All that's, right, a later, well,
2: that's a later conversation. We'll see.
1: We'll see. I, 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 it's not off on the right foot. All for James Gunn's universe already. So he, he
0: could have made Batista Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: But John Cena. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Until then, guys. Next week, Sound of Freedom on another brand new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Bye. Later.